0: I think it's dark and it looks like rain, you said, and the wind is blowing like it's the end of the world, you said, and it's so cold it's like the cold if you were dead, you said, sometimes you make me feel like I'm living at the edge of the world.
1: Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest 90s sci fi show with the longest looks <laughs> given
2: for this season. I don't know. Uh, it's a love triangle, man sort of
1: yeah this whole season it's there's man the longing looks have been uh coming hot and fast but anyways getting ahead of myself with me as always is James Nolan hey guys and Hugh Crawford hello and my name is Wade Bowen we're talking about an episode called crossfire
3: yes crossfire is episode 12 of season 4 it originally aired on January 29th 1996. And here is the IMDb description. First Minister Shakar visits the station despite a threat of assassination. He falls in love with Kira, much to Odo's dismay. (laughs) That's a pretty succinct, that's pretty much the whole thing. Uh, That doesn't pussyfoot (laughs) around at all. No. Uh, This episode was a lousy Star Trek episode, a fantastic Deep Space Nine episode. That's how I feel about this episode. (laughs)
2: I, feel I can like get this, you on that. I can. I, yeah, because I, I found myself loving this episode. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: I thought this was really. I, I I found myself really. It really hit me in the feels a little bit. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. like they don't go. They don't go anywhere. They don't find any new aliens. The plot just, is
2: basically dropped. Like the. Like, I liked, I even wrote in my notes, I was like, oh, so they've dropped the A-plot of someone trying to assassinate Shakar. Like, they literally just shuttle it off in the middle of nowhere in some random scene. Yeah, I don't know. And, 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 and yeah. just keep going, yeah.
1: I kind of, I liked, I mean, yeah, I have more to say about how they resolve that. Mm. But, yeah, I like, they're just like, oh, yeah, this this happens.
2: So, it's one of like, those but, things where it was kind of like, I guess. We uh, have a lot to unpack on this one, don't we? Oh, we, yeah. have, we all
3: yeah. three of us have a lot to say about this one, so. I do, yes. Okay, so. Real quick, before we get into the breakdown, I want to poll you guys. You guys both like this episode, so we're
2: all on the same page? I think I loved the, I mean, I loved this episode. I think more... Really? Uh, yeah. You loved yeah. it? I, I did, oh, yeah. Wade, where are you on this?
1: I think I, I liked it a whole lot, and on all my previous rewatches of Deep Space Nine, I've always kind of hated the Odo-Kira ship, mm-hmm. but... I don't know, this is, this is starting to sell me on just that, rela- I mean, just the whole fact that he falls in love with there's a dumb,
2: the whole, that whole, just well, that he does it all. let's talk about it, let's talk about that, but I, I want to talk, I want to stay in that moment, but finish your thought. Like, but, no, well, I mean, that my thought was, but you know what, I, I think I might get it, I don't know. Like, it struck me as weird and somewhat just inharmonious, I guess is the vaguest possible term, that, that that's a ship that the show pushed
3: that can i say something larger about ships before we get into this and this one one in particular sure just real quick i don't I, I know this is probably derailing it but i need to get a little something off my chest i as a tv viewer i've never been one to ship characters just because really? there are two characters yeah i i've never in my life hoped that two characters never in my entire life have i watched tv and hope that two characters who are unattached eventually get together in a romantic relationship, and I it's something that I don't, I, like, I fundamentally don't under, don't understand that. But just because I like two characters as characters, I don't feel the need to see any of them romantically entangled.
2: Whoa, okay, so wait, 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 hold on. When you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, you don't want to see Gamora, fuck. Star Lord? Not really, no.
1: I'm no, I'm kind of those relates. I mean, the banter and everything, and we're not doing a Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. Okay,
2: okay. Well, let's go, let's go deeper. Sam and Diane, you didn't want to see them fuck? No. In fact, then when they finally did. No, when they finally do, it's always awful. It ruins the show. Right? They mention that on Guardians of the Galaxy too. (laughs) But like, I get that when Luke Luke and Laura live fucked in Gilmore Girls, it was like. (gasps) This I have th- No, okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm like, it's this okay. show's...
3: It's okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. We oh. fucked it up for... Wait. I'm <laughs> <laughs> live <laughs> on the
2: air. We fucked up Gilmore Girls. Oh, my God. Oh, man. When they fuck, I'm like, okay, this show is over. Because I wanted to see them fuck. They fucked. And I don't want to see... Anything after this? So this is. I, did, this I is, didn't
1: want to see him fuck. I wanted to see him make love. I don't feel
3: like. And the, here's the thing. I don't feel like this is like a character flaw in me as a person. So I'm defiantly this way. Like I understand. I'm okay with people wanting to. I I just don't understand the appeal i
2: get what I you're guess. trying to say but i also think that what that means is that you're that you're somehow claiming that you're immune to an artist's intent to create romance but yes shipping is a part of their story See, most of the time I'm james gunn wants you to want to see gamora and star lord fuck
3: yeah well i guess that's why i never thought of it because it that's a part of a story that's that's ongoing most
1: of, most of the time i can i get annoyed at the writers and the a, show People like trying to set me up to make these ones. Like, I quit trying to tell me how I should feel about these people and about them being it's like, no, because so many times it feels like manufactured and like, oh, these are the, the ingenue and this guy. And, okay.
3: And we're going to go out of the. But, I'll give you a Trek related example with what you're talking about. But Wade. that's a
2: bad, but that's bad.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This is
2: not an ingenue and a leave It's because. Most it, of the time, that's what I've seen.
3: Guardians up, yeah. is in the architect, the guardian relationship you're talking about is in the architecture of the overarch. Mm-hmm. Of an existing story. I mean, it's obvious that's what the story is supposed to be. Yeah. A better example is Voyager, where in the last two episodes they decided that Seven Hundred Nine has to end up with somebody. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It's going to be Chakotay out of the blue, and it's just like, what yeah, the- that was that was bad. <laughs> that was horrible. But I was never a person like I'm sure there were fans at the time that were hoping, even though it wasn't in the story, that wouldn't it be cool if Seven Hundred Nine hooked up with fill in the blank. I'm not one of those people. The like, doctor. I, I would be fine well, if the seven, doctor. Yeah, the doctor. <laughs> like, but
1: the doctor. I'd be yeah, fine I if
3: Seven and Nine just, you know, lived her life and didn't have. She doesn't need to have a romantic interest to be an interesting character to me. Just let her be. Mm. Is I guess that's my yeah. that's my
2: thing. It's like
3: these characters are interesting on their own. We don't have to. But throw that's them talking. Together.
2: But you're talking about bad forced romance.
3: Okay, so what is this Odo? Okay, this brings us to Odo
2: and Kira. I'm saying. That I think, when I my first viewing of this, I thought it was weird. And I think that yeah. part of me was affected by the fact that René Auberginois is so much older than the, the Nanat visitor. And and I thought that they were trying to gloss over that, but I get that Odo is not as old as René Auberginois. So I get that. Also, it just seems like, it seemed weird to me that he would want... To, but I see now that it, it is a humanizing element, and it's almost a negative thing. Well, that's that it, the thing, is
3: that he's sideswiped by his own human, budding humanity. Yes, yes. So much to the point that he can't can do his job. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, the opening sequence where we actually see him getting ready, and we see what their their work life is like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. him. It was just him setting up shop and right. putting out two measures
2: of kava and the rectigeno. But not only that, but he's going way out of his way to please her.
3: Right. I so that is that. a thing. And she, takes, she appreciates it uh, to a certain extent, though. Like, yes. she enjoys those mornings. Yeah. Good morning. And you actually right. see that it's an organic thing. You actually see how their day-to-day work life is mm-hmm. and how it could be an enjoyment, enjoying... They both get something out of it. Right. And, you know,
1: part of it's like how precise he likes everything in his life. But also, it's also he likes precisely setting it up to where it's perfect for her. And that makes him happy. Major.
2: But also, I mean, she views, I mean, I mean, I know that it it devolves over the course of the show. But at this point, she's viewing it much like I did, where it's like, how am I supposed to fuck a puddle of goo? (laughs) And well, I mean, I know that that's, well, and I know that that's that's weird, but and, I mean, yeah, but it's and, true. It doesn't like it's, and I know we're gonna avoid using not, it doesn't the.
1: Comp- compute. It's the same way that all the characters in this, like, well, oh, this must be really weird for you, us talking about these humanoid relationships. Mm -hmm. I know this is beyond, this is not something you have to, and he's like, uh, yeah, it is a little bit odd for me. But
2: Yeah, okay, but, like, if they introduced a character that was, like, a furry six-legged bug, and, like, he wanted to fuck Dax, that would be weird to you. Just something about it would be, you know, they could earn that. A good writing crew could make a fully dimensional character and a fully dimensional Dax, and they have some sort of spiritual connection that be, that's beyond any sort of normal concept. So you're saying this doesn't sell for you? So wait a minute.
3: Was this weird for you, this the second viewing? Now,
2: the second viewing, the second viewing, it's not as weird to me because I'm I'm you're forced to sort of deal with it. And so you're like, well, okay, so what is Odo doing? And I don't think they're doing a ton with the writing, but I think that Rene Aubergenois is doing a ton with He's, the acting. Yes. About absolutely. like how and how to bring that and how what that means. And that this episode was essentially sh- highlighting that this, this man isn't there is a function of this. There's a part of this man that is not meant to have these kinds of things. He's not meant to be in these kinds of relationships. She doesn't view it that way. He doesn't view it that way. It's it's in a lot of ways an incompatible thing. But that it forces him to have these gestalt of very common and toxic human emotions. And I think that that is super interesting. And I think that loneliness and, and, and sexual want is a cause for a lot of negative human emotions. And to see him go on that roller coaster is it's kind of interesting. Yeah.
1: Uh, Even to go f- the opening scene where they're talking about like it's a little weird with like oh there's 16 crimes that they're going through at the beginning. Uh, oh what about Jarnas's wife
2: fucking who, yes. Who beat the shit out
1: of it's a little weird because like it's a bad relate, you know, it's an abusive relationship. I think it's,
2: supposed to be, it's supposed to be like Stella and Stanley Kowalski. Yeah, well and she picks he picks fights where she assaults him and then they fuck to make up. Yeah.
1: But you yeah. know, in in a mod even even today that Stanley Kowalski relationship is super fucked up you know like right
3: yeah right. super super
2: fucked up throughout time yeah right. yeah but no, now,
1: I, I mean back then when abuse was so common we were like haha bang powder the moon we took well, it but she was
2: speed you know? i mean i guess that you could say that, that they did sweeten it by making the female assault him and then make it sound well, like yeah, that Yeah, well,
1: that's just because, like, that's what a male writer can do, that, like, it's kind of gross in some ways. But in, in some ways, I, you know, I don't know. felt so, like, oh, it's okay. It's a, it's the a woman beating the man, so it's 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 okay, you know. that. This, let me go on my MRA rant right now. No, that's well, not what I mean to <laughs> do.
2: we're both all reading a lot into two lines here. But I think that you're supposed to say that, that this is a part like he likes it like that there's a part well that, this is, that she's like well that's the fu- i got that too james
3: I, I,
1: I, I, it's how they set it up is oh his wife beat him again right and then she's like why does he let her do that why does he stay with her and then he's like well let me tell you oh, yeah, I caught, item 12 because i'm fucking I'm in the promenade public <laughs> lewdness behind the info kiosk on the seventh level there
2: and so she goes ah and so i think that it's like you're it's a BDSM thing, is what I read. Sure, there. sure. But like, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's a toxic relationship. Yeah, who probably. knows how? Yeah,
3: don't kink shame <laughs> these
2: people, James. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
3: Yes. But, oh, the calls are going to come in now about King Shaming. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway, after after they have this little, But it's the
1: same it, thing that Odo can't help how he feels either, and even though he knows it bad for him in some ways, you know,
3: yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's
1: a lot of weird. There's a lot of stuff in this episode. Parallels.
3: Where, there's a lot. Yeah. Parallels. Like well, that and that. then that brings us to Quark, and whenever he comes in and barges in, and we find out some interesting things about their quarters. Oh yeah. And. <laughs> uh, some stuff I don't think was previously mentioned in the series, and that Quark lives directly below Odo, and he complains about the noise. Right, right. And it was kind of cute because you get to see, you know, Odo have to deal with him being the focal point of a of a complaint.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, yeah. It Sounds like a Takara and wildebeest or stomping around, and like, no, you once you complained, I took the form of a Raphaelian mouse. Yeah, right.
4: And, and then
1: tiny little feet. And she's like, what, well, you can hear that. And I love the just ears, the motion. Rene O'Bergenois and uh, Armin Shimmerman are doing like the best work in this oh. show right now. Like where he's just like, uh, hello. And he points at his ears.
3: <laughs> we get right after that little interaction. Eventually we get the little stuff where, uh, Shikar comes on board, right? Or do we get the, when do we get the wharf and Odo scene? Cause I want to talk about that.
2: That's, that's, soon after oh, uh,
1: is that next it goes it goes no it's like oh Quirk complains i can hear him oozing around that's gross and then there's just like the oh you can come back in half an hour it's like oh i'll be back you can count on it um just the way he says that it's almost like their relationship is like you know they're yelling but it's like yeah you know i'll be back because you know you know i'm never gonna leave you yeah Quark, <laughs> uh, Odo, you're my you know they're I
2: don't know. There is a lot of time spent with how maybe lonely Odo is because he's doing all of this sort of elaborate. He's got a very developed night ritual, which, you know, we can't turn into animals, but like you can see this as some sort of he's pouring into some sort of outlet that's isolated and alone from anyone. And then he has this conversation with Worf, like maybe a scene later where it is all about like guarding your your isolation. And that right. the real Odo is somehow trapped in that room. It's a, it's an right. interesting way to sort of start. Like, this, this, t- this show takes the time to sort of set up some themes. Yeah, and, yeah. And, like, and that's what I, yeah. So that's...
1: But then we get to see everybody. Then the next scene, we get to see all these dress uniforms. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to point out that Kira's... Cut her best outfit so far in that blue dress uniform. That is,
2: that is a, that is a...
1: It's like, it just, it's a good cut. That's all. <laughs> There's nothing lewd. Whatever,
2: whatever uh, problems uh, hair and makeup and costume was having with Kara's character, they fixed it this season. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, that dress uniform looks she, great. She's, I mean, just, she's okay. A nice color
2: too. Yeah. She's in like a velour, like, moo later on. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not treating it fair. Like a wrap that like, I was oh, like, yeah. she looks good in that. <laughs> They, uh, it's like it's like a thing. It's like pajamas for her, and I was like, okay, right, yeah.
1: Well, there's a lot of pajamas in this episode. There is, (laughs) and uh, and but then Julian and O'Brien have their kind of domestic kind of moment where, like, yes, they do. They, it, yeah. it looks good on you the uh. dress uniforms
2: also it's uh, it's like they couldn't ca- They, I mean I know that Julian's got like a line in this episode so I'm not like, gonna spend a lot of time on it so does Dax Dax has a line yes, yes. oh
1: so, yeah she's like oh Shakar sure is handsome
2: they couldn't code right. <laughs> they couldn't at this point be coding Julian any more gay than, than they are I think
1: they're just sneaking in all the they're not nobody's you know, gay, but even, no, I know. But. Yeah. They're just, every relationship is intimate. Something I didn't think, <laughs> I, I didn't
2: think that Shakar's, uh, handler, his George Stephanopoulos, was is Sarch Riz? I thought he was gay coded too, but I don't. He was already.
3: obviously going to be the assassin of the drop storyline too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he, he was. Co- there's. There's. Or that it, was so painfully obvious that they in yeah. an earlier draft he was because he had way too many inconsequential lines. Like I don't want to know about his fucking squash game he's trying to set up with some Vedic that's got nothing oh, to do with Well, nothing. it's just
1: like, it's just showing like, oh, well, it's just politics, man. It's like golf. It's like playing sure, golf. But
3: you don't have to have that scene. I, don't, I mean,
2: that, um, that act- conversation. Actually, I, I'm going to make the argument that maybe you do. Yeah,
1: I think it's good just to flesh out the...
2: Because Shakar, when we last saw Shakar, he was kind of like... He was kind of awesome, and, and let's be honest, Frank. He's not awesome in this episode. Right, like, well, let's got
1: rid of the mullet. He looks okay. That's I what know. I
2: think. I think but that they, they got him. In. The, the, the
1: powers of, in the mullet. You know
3: what he's got. He's got. He is the George Washington of Bajor, isn't he? He was. He was a great general. He's kind of bigger than everybody. He almost looks like George Washington might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he he smiles like he's the, got fake teeth. Or no
1: <laughs> Right. he used to mumble, yes. and but and so they had to learn how to lip read. And then I, the second time while I watched it, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. If you mumble, your lips don't move as much. Uh, but wait a minute, right? Mm.
2: That, that's a great observation. <laughs> that's true. But that's minor. But that there is this sort of in his new role, he's allowing himself to be neutered by the po- political situation, which I think is a commentary. That probably. I don't think. I, I thought that it was a commentary that Iris I don't think Bear was they're showing that
1: he's neutered at all. I don't get that. Well,
2: he's. But he's not. He's like, I. I that he liked fighting, he was a right. He was a rebel. He was like it's a Che Guevara that they're trying to like shove into a Bill Clinton. I just got that and like I, politics I think are that that's,
1: complicated in the way I didn't think they're like oh he sucks now because he's not fighting. It's, it's just,
2: not that he sucks so much as that he's not who he wants to be, and so I think that they're giving him cause for wanting to go fuck a woman that he's been around for years and never fucked. I don't think there's so I
1: don't think they're sneaking around to give cause. I think they've got calls and just like. They have a relate. I think it well. The whole thing. The, what's amazing about how they set up the Shikara Kira relationship is that it, it, like I said before, there's all these little things that mirror the Odo relationship. Because the whole thing, he gives this whole spiel to Odo when about how I think I'm falling in love with her. Wait a minute, we've been friends for years. Uh-huh. I never thought that it would feel this way, and you know. And then Odo is like, it's he, he's he's talking about his relationship with Kira, and it, Odo realizes like. Oh shit, my relationship is, exact, is the exact same thing. He's like, oh, maybe I should tell her how mm-hmm. I feel. It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe that would ruin anything. You know, I don't. And.
3: Well, then he goes. If I were you, I I would be. Or maybe I should be patient. Maybe I should just and be patient. Odo's That's, like, what That's what, I would, what I would do. That's what I would do. And then and then, and then he goes. And then he, his car says, "But maybe that would. On the you other know, that yeah, maybe I'd be <laughs> fucking it yeah, up. Yeah, maybe I'm throwing I, away clearly, like a patient, great thing. I'm
2: fucking it up.
0: Maybe I should let her know how I feel.
2: Later on in the episode, where Odo like uh, walks into Kira's house and Shikar is drinking a bottle of Gatorade, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> toweling off. Rob's well, hanging
3: outside the door with a. A bucket and a mop. <laughs> right. I'm so glad I didn't take your advice. Oh, no. Sorry uh, about the smell. But uh we don't know that Bajoran we don't know that uh Bajoran lovemaking has any sort of that, that is right. that's not canon. That's not canon, James. <laughs> Quit projecting your human Biases on the.
2: There's that scene in Fight Club where uh, uh, Ed Norton goes into the room with Brad Pitt comes out and he's got like cleaning gloves on. Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> and he's sweating from the shirt i was like that's what odo because it may, they make a big deal about odo going to the door and
1: just staying right. there all night while she's like she doesn't <laughs> yeah.
2: leave me. he relieves that guy
3: for his whole shift just so he could be a fucking creepo and just hang yeah. out
1: yeah jimenez get the fuck out
3: <laughs> so but we we skipped over. i mean we were we went straight into the shikar oh, stuff oh we yeah wait. we
1: skipped right over uh, the wharf like yeah
3: the Worf, there's that great scene where they both talk about the things that they have right. in common. Well, You've got these two great stoic characters talking about right like how to be assholes and keep everybody in our Yeah, because
1: Worf gets put on security because Eddington is on leave, which makes me think, oh, they plotted this episode out before season four got <laughs> uh, Klingon yeah, shoved yeah. into it. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> this was an Eddington-heavy episode, I get the feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pre-Worf. Works better with it
3: but uh, yeah. But here's the thing there's the thing about storytelling and characters. Uh, this is why so many good stories have characters that disagree. Because when you get two characters that just simply agree for too long, like if that scene went on for another minute longer, you would have gotten like, all right, wrap it up, guys. Yeah, we get the point. <laughs> but it went on in the great late, like, you know, oh,
1: wait a minute, you if people come by. You can't you gotta be mean to him, like, oh, mm. O'Brien combined will just make him less well welcome. That's like, oh, you're right. Maybe if I'm rude to him, he won't just stop by unannounced.
2: And, and that is and I do have to give the writers credit that is setting up that Worf doesn't like the people he works with and doesn't fit in on Deep Space Nine, which is setting up a you know, a major plot element uh, to come. So, yes. you know, that 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 his you know, he's forced to change. Due to being oh, yeah. swept aside by situations very similar to this, so um, yeah, I think that's nice, and I think that they, I think they admitted to knowing that that's what they were building towards. Yeah, so that may have been a little bit of a
1: oh, and the line when they're in there in the buffet or whatever, there's just the, all all these little lines that get dropped in, like odo talks to shakar when he's like oh you can't just wander around you can't slip in in or out of bed without people noticing oh that's <laughs> a line that they threw in there before we realized that that's going to be where this goes but
2: the thing i noticed about Shikar during a lot of this early stuff is that he's kind of like the actor and the role it's kind of like a uh, quarter strength Liam Neeson <laughs> Like <laughs> right. Like if you did this now You would go Try to go full Liam Neeson With the character Right But the actor Looks a little bit like him You know So like They I think that's what They were going for But because this episode Is Isn't I mean outside of Giving him A few scenes Like this isn't About shakar and kira this is an episode about odo's reaction to shakar Kira. so it sets it a little bit like a distant you know like you don't actually see really any of the courtship between the two and i I like that this
3: is that that's the magic of this whole episode yeah yes because it is there is a a pitiful a, a pivotal thing that happens but it's not the the pivotal thing is not the focal point i wish more shows showed pivotal character moments from mm-hmm. a different angle like this, because this is a big thing for Kira, she was yeah. mourning for Vedic Baral. She did not see the her feelings for Shikhar coming. This is a big deal for her,
1: right, and even in the mm-hmm. big things, other big you know things in the background, oh, there's an assassination plot from the true way Cardassians that's kind of important, but not that's not what this episode's about. We already talked about it, yeah, about the. Quark notices the eyes that Odo's given. Yeah. Like, oh, it has some Hasperat. I'm being
3: paid by the head. and Which they look like, they just look like burritos. burritos. It's Hasperat burritos. That's what it y- looks yeah. like.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think we went to, the, it's like kimchi burritos
2: is my... Uh, yeah, that's what, it also, there is a, I mean, I don't, I love international foods of all stripes, but one I don't like is Ethiopian, which... They don't use utensils in Ethiopia. too. Oh, I like Ethiopian like food, food. It's just a. Big, I don't like it. They make this big soups, and then yeah. you have to eat it with the spongy ass bread. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. <laughs> it, it looks. I don't like just it. Don't but eat that's, it. With... I'm glad that you like it, and I and I'm, I'm, it, I I wish I liked it. I really do. Um, and I like all the. I'm not like I'm not like Hugh, who does this. <laughs> like, yeah. but like uh, this is not a food I like. And that looks like that to me. Is like the spongy bread that you have to eat. Oh and yeah, the, I made
1: that made in a burrito. Mm. Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But then Odo and Kira have the belt talk, which... Is yeah, the pre-
2: belt. I love the belt. The symbolism of the belt is pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah,
1: because he can wear whatever. He's a changeling. He's like, oh. I've
2: been meaning to ask you, why don't you wear that belt
0: anymore? I don't know. It didn't really serve a purpose. It's not as if I needed it to hold my pants up.
4: I thought it looked
1: good on you. That's all. He's doing such a good job of like working with through the makeup and acting. I mean, he gives these humanoids a lot of shit for being able easy to read their emotions, but he's he's emoting pretty heavy in this. Really? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, nobody sees it because he's a changeling. He's not a humanoid. So it's like, oh, he doesn't have feelings. Nobody except for Quark is the only one that notices it because that's. Yeah. Who knows him better than anybody?
2: Uh, I don't want to use the word, so I've come up with several other words to use. I'm going to use this time platonic proximity. Uh-huh. Okay, he's <laughs> That he is put into the pl- yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he has put into the pl- platonic proximity area of Kira, and I think that this conversation is 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 classic that yeah yeah you know, or or comrade catchment. <laughs> it, you can pick it between those two, <laughs> but um, he's it is definitely that kind of. Conversation where she's telling him you look good with the belt. It makes you look—I don't know. She doesn't say like make, it makes you look slimmer, but it's the kind of thing that someone would say to that. Yeah. And uh, and some guy would go, oh really? And then he pops the belt on. And where is it for most of the rest of the episode? So yeah, it, it becomes like a—it's a little pathetic. I mean, you know, it's, no, it's him. It's a thing compromising who he is to impress her. Well, I would when say it's compromising. It's
1: cl- I'd say it's just him changing who he. He's just throwing it on because, like, oh, it makes her. She likes it, but it makes she
2: likes it. I like it now because she likes it. Does he? Does he stop doing it when she doesn't fuck him? Well, it's Uh, just. Wait a minute.
3: When he's wait. Wait a minute. When he's wait. When he's waiting. When he's waiting all night outside the corridor, is he wearing a belt or not? I'm pretty
1: sure he is. Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: until them. Yeah. Okay. We're trying to get the fucking belt timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: well, it is important. It's almost the last line of the yeah, episode.
4: Yeah, it's like it it's at the, the end, end where the belt comes off.
2: Yeah. So
1: the other thing that Shikar is here to do is to fast track the Bajorans' entrance into the Federation. He wants to half the timeline. Yeah. He comes out of a meeting and it didn't go well. It's like, oh, these Federate. And then Odo tells him, "Well, in my experience, the Federation claims to be open and understanding, but somehow they're." always convinced they're right it's very exasperating
2: yeah and i like that sort of read on like you don't that's a that's a nice thing that deep space nine constantly does which is giving two different non-federation sources a reflection like a good external critique right of, right like of, of federation's faults i like that about yeah yeah deep they're space just nine.
1: cloying and they you know they they think their shit doesn't stink you know yeah yeah
2: and that and that that's an interesting way to look at it especially you know it's one thing when you have these sort of i guess moral and i'm using this in quotations because i think that the shows in the historically looked at in this way but morally lesser races like if a klingon wax is philosophical about the problems of the federation that's one thing but these two races that we look at as morally well not races but like odo who is the best of his race, according to the, you know, mm-hmm. in the moral rubric of the show and the Jorans, which are a
1: pretty moral, yeah, a
2: moral, eleva- an elevated race in the moral hierarchy of the show, having these kinds of negative relations of the Federation really knocks them down a couple of pegs. Yeah. And I like that about it.
1: Yeah. And then they have the whole like, hey, I think I'm falling in love with her. And I talked about that whole thing before. <laughs> And then it goes yeah, to the. Yeah,
2: that's that's such a heartbreaking scene. It's so good. That's the, that's, that's that's the second that's most so heartbreaking, painful, isn't it? Yeah, that's not as painful as the Rock to Gino's. Where yeah. Shaka talking yeah, yeah. about it when he's like, "Can you, can you, can you say some nice things about her? Can you, uh, can you, can you tell her?
1: <laughs> Does she ever talk about me? Does she? I was like, well, yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> as more than a friend, it's like, let me think about it. That's no. like
3: when somebody's trying to ask my advice for in our fan, my fantasy baseball league about a baseball trade. And I cannot be like I'm competing against you and I'm competing against the guy you're going you're trying to trade with. So I, I can't give you an unbiased comment yeah. because I want you both to just I want you both to lose. <laughs>
0: right, uh, yes.
3: I can't I can't tell you if this is a fair like every, anything that I say is going to be. But, of course, Shikar doesn't know that about him. Yeah. Or he does and he's just super fucking with him. I don't know. That'd be an interesting, that would be an interesting read.
1: That's the whole thing that, like, nobody expects Odo to have those kind of, it's like, oh, you're not a humanoid. Yeah, this must, sure. this must be really, uh, they, humanoid relations really just can't be very interesting for you. And he's like, well, for the most part, no. I'm afraid I know even less about
2: relationships. Than I do about politics,
1: but this one, you know, and, yeah, yeah, I
2: mean, and I think that that's the thing is, even as an audience member, like I, I think when I first went through it, I thought it was such bizarre that I'm, I wouldn't have thought he wanted to fuck Kira either. So I'm, I would, I'm like Shakar, I wouldn't, yeah, be, he
1: doesn't, yeah, yeah,
2: he just, and so like, he's so it's such a weird, who knows what he wants to it, do physically to her, but he just wants, I don't, you know what I mean? He, yeah. he's a, I, I'm crude, but I mean, you know, he. He's into her. He digs her chili. I'm just
1: saying, I don't know how that works, man. It,
2: he makes a big weird liquid <laughs> right, dildo right, and he fucks her. It's pretty simple. <laughs> That's pretty simple. I don't I'm know. sure it's crafted just to
3: her specific taste. You know, you know, yeah. people
1: have different. I don't know what humanoids like. Maybe he wants to do something to him. You know, let's not be. Uh, I, don't-
3: <laughs> I think I actually don't think that he can get off because the the the, the orgasm that the changelings have when they touch each other is yeah it's a different pretty much unmatched they look like they're in ecstasy they throw back their head <laughs> and open their mouths right
1: and- well I mean he just wants to give her pleasure and that's that thing probably
2: that's fine yeah
1: yeah yeah, well i don't again we don't uh, well we will speculate about all that i mean it's
2: it's romance but i assume they're gonna find a they'll find a a, way to make it work for them (laughs) like and it's pretty simple on her what he could do to her i don't know really what (laughs) she could do to him uh like
1: let's not let's not uh just you know assume how bajorans work sexually man We've been.
3: She she rolls them up in a little ball and then spreads them <laughs> across the funny papers of a newspaper and then peels them off and then the newspaper. Yeah, that's probably how. That that's probably what gets out the wall. <laughs> uh, uh, nurse, there's one thing I want you to do for <laughs> me.
0: Yeah,
2: roll me over, Marmaduke. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. That's a yeah. Uh, right on the lock horns. Yeah, right on the lock horns. Um, do it right where the. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, family circus. No,
1: I'm not a creep. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> you just made it weird. Okay, so the next so scene, anyway. the next scene, or one of the next scenes, is the. Um...
1: So then it's the eavesdropping device. Oh, the and that he finds it in the food. Like, oh, Rom has sleep apnea. I was like, I was like, oh, and then Quirk has this, like, oh, I know, I know. changelings don't have needs. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's like come, and then Quirk is just like. Odo, oh, no, don't bullshit me. Like, you don't have to pretend with me. I get it. You're in love with her, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Leave me alone!" And he runs out.
2: <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. I don't want to have yeah. anything to do with this. I'm going to my room. Like, <laughs> yeah, which is a total normal response. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So the the, the coffee scene then was the, the heartbreakingest yeah. scene. Yeah, that was the scene that, like, like where she's clearly giddy. Yeah. She clearly, she clearly, you know, had a good night. Well, and, not even
1: that yet. That's well, we don't know. This no, is no, be-
2: no. She said she said it was oh, early it was in, the in the morning. morning they yeah. in he's the morning. He set up his stuff. She, she's
1: twenty minutes late. Yeah,
2: and he's like, "Don't you want your coffee?" And she's like, "No, I've already had my coffee." And, and he goes, "When?" And he goes, "Well, I had my coffee right after Shikar was done slamming me against his dishwasher."
1: <laughs> and right. um, he's like, "I didn't see you in the rec- <laughs> the way. Just his. I mean, Renee Aubergine was." Uh, He's like a, the look he has when he's like, "I I didn't see you in the replimat." It's like wide eyes. He's just like panicking. It's you can see his heart breaking. It's mm-hmm. it's awful. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think that's when you. But I think that's right after they fucked the first I time. I
1: don't know. Then they go back yeah. to. Then he has to go walk them around on their date yep they go to the watch the wormhole like oh they're saying if you see the wormhole open you can make yeah. a wish
2: and you know what i was thinking through that whole thing which is actually i mean you get to see them have like this little romantic moment but then the i, I was just sitting there thinking like odo's gonna write some really hateful shit on reddit comments tonight <laughs> oh god like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's gonna, he's gonna be really shitty to the people playing Counter Strike with him. <laughs> and that's what it is. I mean, it is. I mean, it is. Uh, it's showing the sort of the you know he's see he's I, in the colleague collective. He's in yeah. the associate association. <laughs> right. He's in the chum scrum. He is not All right. a lover.
1: Because <laughs> I don't, I don't think they've even uh, gotten it on at this point because they have the oh the, I think the they got it on with look. coffee. Well, then he's asking about where to eat.
2: And she's like, "Oh, we can go to the Bolian restaurant. They age their meat. It's funny." And everybody knows you take a girl, you take you take a Bajoran girl to the Bolian restaurant on the second day <laughs> yeah. after you fucked her.
1: <laughs> okay, I don't know how these things work. I'm hmm. I'm a babe in the woods. Uh- me and me and Jake <laughs>
2: Sisko will teach you how to work with Bajoran women. <laughs> right, but then they
1: get in the turbo lift.
2: What if Jake Sisko wrote?
3: The a mystery type book about Bajoran women. And bang Bajor.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Ona references it. I I've been reading your son's PDF file. <laughs> He's got a blog with some interesting points uh. about Hasparat. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: that girl the girl who visits elderly Jake Cisco has read all of his books including those the secret or whatever it was called <laughs> the, <What> was
2: it? <laughs> the, but I don't know like I know that, like the fees bang Europe or whatever so anyway yes. yeah so they get in way. they
1: get into turbo lift uh odo is starting to flip out a little bit losing his composure because he saw them almost make out mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then Wharf is like, okay, get in the turbo lift. And then they get in the turbo lift. And then is it Worf? And he's like, there's a blockage on level 2D or something. So I was like, all right, just give me the security code and I will reroute it or give you the controls. And they spend money. I don't know even if in that Luxorana Troy in season one episode where they get stuck in a turbo lift, if we see the tunnels, felt like they. Use some art, ass. I don't
3: think they. I don't. I don't think we did. I feel like I. I, and as I as I said in that episode, I hate elevator stuff. But this this was a good. Yeah. Yeah. Elevator. It scene.
1: goes into free fall, which I whatever. Uh, I don't need to get into physics, but uh, uh, yeah. And then he does his little iron hooves and stops the elevator from crashing. And then the next scene, he has to report to Cisco, like the one scene Cisco gets in this thing after the dress uniforms. Yeah, and Cisco Cisco is pissed,
3: right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I like that Cisco doesn't let Odo off the hook of this. No, yeah, like, and yeah, because he doesn't be... know,
3: he knows that he doesn't know anything's going on with his personal life. I'm sure if, if Odo just broke down and said, "Listen, I'm a fucked up over Kira," Odo <laughs> uh, uh, Cisco is human enough that he would be like, "Oh shit!" Right.
1: Well, his whole thing is like to uh, air you know, is human, right? And it, it, this also kind of hammers home the thing like nobody anticipates him having these kinds of problems, like to air. Is human but you're not even humanoid uh-huh. so well,
3: in all fairness odo throws up the fact that he's not humanoid an awful lot and doesn't he, he? does like yeah. we only know this stuff because odo's just been telling everybody his entire he does. life he
1: right he is yeah, this yeah, way. I,
2: I am not like you yeah, right. so let's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's not i mean well that's okay.
1: the thing like everybody it's everybody else just takes him at his word except for cork who's realizes he's throwing up walls
3: exactly Uh so that brings us to the well and we find out that you know uh wharf don't we get to the scene again where we get like a another parallel like a yeah there there, things happen in pairs so we get a wharf scene at the beginning wharf scene at the end a quirk scene at the beginning a quirk scene at the end yeah uh so we finally get before we get our our last quirk scene we get our last wharf and odo scene
1: wharf is like what the fuck, Odo? Yeah. And Odo's like, I'm doing it okay. He's we're like,
2: just talking about how awesome we both were. <laughs> yeah. And here you are not being awesome. Again, I go to this whole idea that nobody conceives that Odo could want to be with someone romantically. Right.
1: Well, they don't still so on. Yeah, they and don't even. And well, Worf is not going to jump there for anybody because he doesn't see that.
2: I think that if Dax had fucked up or Bashir, which is more likely, had fucked up and due to and he said personal problems like there's a mode that oh yeah that cisco would have cisco or wharf would have went into where it's like tell me about like tell me about your pussy problems. well
1: wharf would have yeah. gone oh, I, I don't i don't want to yeah. know i don't want to know <laughs> and cisco would be like well tell me about it and
2: it's an interesting scene because it's no one is giving Odo and a fucking itch on this Right, right, yeah, Worf is like
1: He's like, you don't know me, Worf it's like was it's like, I don't have to know you <laughs>
2: yeah. like I, I know that when you do this, you're fucked up <laughs> And it's great because Odo wouldn't have gave mm-hmm, an itch mm-hmm. To anybody in this situation Oh, so, yeah, absolutely yeah. <laughs> So it's great that Odo Isn't getting shit on this And it's so it, you, There's a series of scenes And that's right when, then, is when he goes to the scene And, and like <laughs> relieves the guy because he's going to tell Kira that I'm in love with him. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh,
1: I got to go talk to Kira. And Worf is like, what? <laughs> You're t- Just let me do it, okay?
2: <laughs> and he goes to the guy's room and the, his... his- Whatever his deputy is the, like, Jimenez dude, Jimenez been, is, they, is, like they've been this quarters has been rocking. Yeah, it's like hours. I've been here three hours weird. for three hours
1: now, and then Odo's <laughs> like get get the fuck out. I'll really... He's like, but I'm,
2: but there, there is a neck, there is a necktie on the lift <laughs> right. door. Like, like
1: Odo's like get the fuck out. I just want to put my ear to the door for all night till the morning. Yes. Like,
2: yes. Yeah, I was like, but you don't, but you do, but you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like,
1: Odo, oh, no, this is not good for you, man. Buddy,
2: please. So, and that's when the door opens and Shakar is essentially d- doubting a down in the Well, of he goes in, he sees the
1: champagne bottles. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, let me turn on the lights.
2: He's yeah. got a chamois over his shoulder. He's gently toweling himself off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I should be going. I should be going. Right.
1: Yeah, and then she comes in and is like, oh, this must seem so silly to you. You're such a good friend.
2: You are such a good friend. And she's clearly uh, in the the full throes of a... a, This is where I think that Nana Visitor has really grown into this role, but she's fully into a post-coital glow that is really interesting to watch. And yes. really I'm so glad you're the first they... person
1: I can tell about this. Yes! You're such yes! a good friend. And you can just friend. see it killing him. It's like, oh my
2: god. Yeah. And she gives him like this hug. Yeah. And like right. you know, and, and I was like, oh, that was such a it's such a you know, in the context, it's such a belittling thing, and she doesn't mean it to that base, so it's not her fault, but like it's such a belittling thing. And calls him a friend. You are such a good friend. You're such a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's what she yeah. says, and so... then he
1: goes back to Wharf again, and Wharf is like, "Oh, I called the guy," and he's like, "What? What? what?
3: Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes. What's... How how cool he is about that. Wharf, Worf it's like, can
2: yeah, it's like, oh done, yeah, there's a, you know? yeah, there's yeah. This, uh... yeah, in a way that like they haven't had someone like that. I mean, because it's it's been over it's been a an O'Brien and Bashir show for three years now, and like, right, and, and they, they everything's a. Everything takes off fucking episode, but but Warf comes in and he's like, No, I just need an act to come <laughs> right, He's right. Like, oh I found and, it. Well,
1: and it goes back to like, well, like the Odo Cisco scene, Cisco's like, all right, don't let this interfere anymore. And Odo's like, Oh, of course it won't. Of course, it was like and and Cisco's like, Yeah, I know it won't, because I trust you. But the thing is, it does. He's still fucking up. He's not on his game anymore. And then he goes in again, and Warf is like, "Oh yeah, I, I did this thing." And, and Odo's like, "What what do you mean? Why didn't you ask me?" He's like, "Oh, I didn't need you. Like your deputies are your deputies are very well trained. Kudos, you did a good job." And and
3: yeah, yeah, he did. He gave him, he gave him big ups for having you know properly trained employees. Yeah.
1: and he found the guy on a in an abandoned cargo hold.
2: The scene is it ends the plot. I love that. And it's just like, so I don't, I don't have to be in the original script of this had plot. The assassination attempt actually uh, like went off and Odo was put in a position where he had to save Shakira, Shakar (laughs) Shakira Shakira (laughs) Shakira (laughs) or or pink. And he went with Shakira and pink (laughs) made him No. but um, Uh, he he had to save Shakar. I'm going to call him Shakira from now. Or Kira.
1: His hips don't lie,
2: man. Uh, I was going to do a Shakira impersonation. But I don't want to. <laughs> no, the world doesn't need that. Yeah. Um, his job was to save Shakar, but did he save Kira? And he ends up saving Shakar. Oh, Shakira
1: is obviously their ship name. I'm sorry. I just had to. <laughs>
2: yeah Shakira, yes. <laughs> uh, that's what we're going to go with. To, to spite Kira because he's mad at her for re- not being in love with him. Mm-hmm. So they go full, like, MGTEL, yeah. MRA, like, incel, angry, yeah. Reddit yeah. Which posting is, well, that's with, crazy. with Odo. And they decide not to do that. Like, that's what the writers, they, they wrote that whole script, and then they decided to rein that in. They decided which, it's gross. That's the right call,
1: because yes, that's yes. just out of character. Yeah. I mean, Odo is not going to be uh, a guy yeah, that does that. I,
3: I know we feel a lot of empathy for Odo here, but he's also in a, they do make it clear, especially in the third act, that he's in a prison of his own making. Yes. Here, she Kira has done nothing wrong. She is actually navigated some pretty choppy romantic waters, and and it seems to be in a good yeah, place yeah, yeah. right now. And yes. as an audience, we should be pretty happy for her, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just think that. This could have been a pre. this could have turned a gross corner, like, yeah, yeah, very easily,
2: <laughs> like, like what they originally wrote,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I don't think, like, I you're right about that, but I think that we're all men in relationships, we're all older men in relationships, and even if we weren't in relationships, we're older men, and uh. You know, we're you know like we're <laughs> we're not
1: silver foxes or anything, but you know,
2: no, we're not. But we know, we know. I, yeah, we know. In... We know our way around women. We know our way around women more than we did when we were twenty or twenty-one. Sure, sure. And I think that there is a. You're right, but that is a, something that was is felt by a lot of people and in a lot of relationships. So I appreciate showing Odo on this journey because he's the least likely. Like if this was Bashir, yeah. yeah, yeah. Being like bitter and like you're like, he, dude, this guy is like built to be in this fucking like his. But like Odo, his life choices didn't bring him here. He got I mean, they did. It's his own. Right. He's in a prison of his own making. You're right. But it's not like every it's not like Bashir where every decision that you've made has right made you think that you're entitled to a woman's affection when you're not right i don't think that odo lived that way he just found himself in a a prison and i I have
1: pointed out like every time i think even as far back as when they first brought on the defiant like every time they want to do character growth with odo they turn him into an emo teenager yeah which we get we're about to get to that scene (laughs) but uh at the same time Mm. it's pretty great and i like emo like i don't know i like there's certain something about the emotions of teenagers that are big emotions that are compelling, you know, like, so. It,
3: yeah, I know. I, yeah, I agree with that. My whole thing is that at no point does Odo act like he's entitled to a certain amount of, Reciprocation oh, from yeah. Kira, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know that's good. That's yeah. That yeah. is good. He 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 doesn't act like he's entitled to anything. He just has these unexpected feelings, and he doesn't know how to properly deal with them. Right. And so then, I'm glad it didn't go in a gross direction.
2: We'll get that, but I think at the end with the belt comment, I think that is asserting an amount of power over not her. Right. Well,
1: we'll we'll get but there oh, because no. his.
2: His ability. His own. He's reigning yeah. in his own. The yes. next
1: scene is when he goes in and just tears up his apartment.
2: And that is such everything about the scene. First off, he goes full Charles Foster Cade yeah. and just starts <laughs> breaking shit. And it's great. And then um, I, I, we're going to yeah, tie... Yeah, the full emo hair. Like, We're going to talk about the hair musting. That was uh, Renee Abergenois broke. He had to... Because the, the wig was... You know, the Eric Trump yeah. wig <laughs> is like a it's like a very shellac thing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he had to break it, like offset. Oh wow. And like he didn't tell anybody he was gonna do it. And like to do it and he said he he saw a picture of a fallen samurai in a Japanese print. Oh, yeah. That he wanted to sort of emulate, which is, this oh. is where Rene Auberjonois was just awesome. And so he goes on set. <laughs> it's,
1: like he's, it's like he's doing it exactly the thing that will make me love him the most. Yes.
2: And so he, <laughs> he does it. He breaks the hair and then he sits on set. And then uh, Iris Stephen bear throws a fit <laughs> because it, it doesn't fit with how it's made. And like Odo can't, he has to willfully muss his hair. He can't accidentally. Right. Must it's stare. listed,
3: that, that exact thing is listed on IMDb as a goof. Right? Oh, is yeah, it? But
2: that's the whole point. Like, he, he's his emotional
1: state reflects his physical state, mm-hmm. which it's, he's exactly. a changeling. That's like the perfect way to use metaphor and stuff. I don't know.
2: And it made him seem, and I appreciate it. And this is where I think an, Renee, uh, Operation Wild was really like knowing what to do. It's because it, there's no way when you're in that makeup and you have that hair and you have that countenance, that voice, there's no way to symbolize, easily symbolize sad emasculation. hmm But he found, like, one thing he could do that would do that. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, he's kind of coming apart, like, from the hair. And... I said at the beginning that I think this episode is great. The scene made it great. Right. The oh. scene in the room with. With, with Quark Clark. comes
1: in and his PJs. <laughs> his wonderful. <laughs> which, whatever, <laughs> those are great too. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what are, what are you banging around like a Klingon Targ or a trailing crocodile? But then he sees, like, mm. the, the shit that's going on. And he's like, oh, oh, shit. I take it uh, Major Kira and Shakar are. Uh, you
2: know yeah and, and then yeah. it's
1: always like oh well you know i must say i didn't think i didn't think you had it in you i didn't think you i thought you were colder than a breen winter i mean that whole this this just is not any good man you
2: gotta everything about that scene and everything specifically like those two actors yeah but i mean odo's pretty good through the whole episode. Right. But just like to come off the bench and give that performance that Arbor Shimmerman gives.
1: The writing's pretty good too because he's like, the writer. The actors could come in and just be like, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great. But then like, oh, they deflect it by saying, oh, you're going to throw off the pool for the manhunt pool. Uh, It's just about profit, man. It's not about you and me. But I'm just looking out for my business.
3: Well, that's just it. I sort of believe, there's a part of me that sort of believes Quark at the end that a lot of his helpfulness is rooted in his own selfishness
2: oh I could buy that do you think
3: that I, he was I could do you buy think that he, too now, it, it is what, what's the percentage 50-50 do I think you think he's 50% friend 50% greedy do you think he's 80% uh, greedy 20% friend no friend all greedy I think, what do you guys I think, think I
1: think he's all friends but also all profit I don't think they're mutually exclusive I think there's that one point like oh man and, and he's like he's he gives him the whole sp- spiel and he's like I said my piece sorry for butting in and then Odo was like just funny
4: for a minute there, I thought you were talking
1: to me as a friend. As a friend. And then he gets this puppy yeah. dog look, and then it's just this high angle shot of Quark's face looking down on him. He's like Nah.
3: Nah. I loved it. Yeah, that Cork, that 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 was there's some ice water in there too. Like yeah. he threw he threw a little bit of he put a little shiver on there at the end that okay. made you really believe well, there's, that it was
2: there's two things. No neither one of them. Are going to it's so, all subtext. That, it's not. Right. It's, it's not subtext, text. but neither right. one of them right. is going to give up the pride territory, right? To admit that he needed a conversation, that Odo needed a conversation from a friend. He's never going to admit that, and Quark is never going to admit right. that he was being a friend to Odo. So there is that, but I don't think you're totally wrong. But at either. the same time, they they can
1: get the signal, without it, like they wouldn't respect the, each other. If he said, "No, oh, I am your friend," he'd be like. And, Wait, what's and the then, angle?
2: And then I think that we're at the point where Quark is so evolved in his capitalistic greediness that he, he can't understand an altruistic act that doesn't also feed into his personal gain. Right. So I think that he's not like, yes, he knows that he's framing it in this sort of way to protect both of their pride because he's giving him a friendship conversation, but also that... It's also true, but it's also artifice. It's clever about the scene. And I think that it's one of those scenes where if this was somehow through whatever was uh, a scene, the same sort of context and subtext was going on in a scene between Dax and Bashir, I would probably poo poo it, shitty it and not even see the context of it. Right. But like I, in a previous podcast or in a future podcast, (laughs) but I think that in this, like that they, because they're the most capable actors on the show, most versatile and capable actors on the show. And I, and they're doing this work. And I think that they know how to layer it in that it, it is. It's one of the more satisfying specific scenes That we've had in a while. Yeah. You know, at least maybe since the first episode of the season.
1: And then we go to Kira playing video poker in her (laughs) chambers. Plant free
2: cell. (laughs) And he walks in. And she's wearing the lace top that we've always shit on. But I think (laughs) at this point is actually pretty good. Because again, just like when she's wearing the sort of velour, like post coital gown. Like I think that it sexualizes her a little, yeah, in a way that not not to objectify Kira, but like it sexualizes her in a way that makes Odo what he's having to do that much more uncomfortable, right? Yeah, and so yeah. and then
1: he doesn't have the belt, and he's like, "Oh, our briefings, I got to cut that shit out." And she's like, "What? What?" Yeah, and yeah, I was like, no, I'm just you know I'm just trying to keep it to the essentials. And she's she does she realize what's going on?
2: I don't know. That's the yeah, question I, I wanted to that, I wanted to no, ask. That. I think
3: I think that's at the end I was I realized I think she's clued in. Here's the thing, I don't think that Kiro is completely clueless at the beginning of this throughout this whole thing. I don't think she's clueless as to how she feels for Odo. You think and, she feels you mm-hmm. think
2: she feels anything for Odo? Yeah, her. I think
3: I think there's an undercurrent of there's a deep fondness for her for I think she's surrounded by people she has a deep fondness for. And she's not completely unaware
2: of that. That's minimizing it by saying that she feels the same for Odo that she feels for O'Brien. No,
3: no, no, no. I'm talking about the, that conversation that she had with Shikar. That was another. That was another conversation that could have easily been about Odo himself. Where she talks about how she, you know, she never saw this coming, but of course, it yeah, makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. that, that exactly that's the same thing doubled yeah. as a conversation for Odo. That's what that's what I'm saying too. Is that like that's
1: the whole thing with Shakar is a double like Shikar is there as,
3: as a mirror as of a, what could be yeah, for, as a mirror, yes. yeah. And if if, yeah, yeah. if Odo had just come forward like Quirk suggested, but d- had done it earlier, she might have had a choice that she would have had. She might have been faced with right. a choice. That's all I'm saying. And maybe it could have gone a different way. I'm not saying it would have one way or the other. But I think that there, the groundwork has been there. In any good, deep relationship, there's groundwork that's laid. Right. And I think that she's she's put in the time with Odo that she she knows who he is. She knows how she feels about him as a person. Mm-hmm. You know and, what I mean? I don't think it's it's out of the realm of possibility. You
1: could even make this about how Star Trek talks deals with the Roddenberry rules of things of people not having caught like Shakar is a great guy. Nobody, it's not bad that Kira is with him. They make the responsible choices. They're not fucking up and they're not fighting over this woman. And you know, it's Star Trek, these evolved human like post, I don't know. It fits into the Roddenberry box to an extent.
3: Well, they're not having a conflict over it because it. This is the more inter- This is clearly the more interesting I agree. storytelling well, that's, that's, that's path. To that's go what I'm down. saying. Sometimes so I, think, I think it. I think it accidentally falls within the Roddenberry rules. I don't. Sometime, think
1: it, I'm just saying sometimes those rules sometimes can have st- stories evolve. But yeah, that's probably not how this came about.
2: Okay. Okay. So like, hold on. Okay, oh, hold on. So are you saying, Hugh, that you think that she may be feeling some sort of nascent feelings for? Yeah. I think that at the end, she
3: knows what he's talking about when she when those mornings are over. She knows what that means it, on some level, and her face sort of reveals it a little bit that she knows. Oh, okay. I think that, she gets a
1: hint of it at the beginning.
3: I've I've gone down it. She's. I think she realizes. Oh, I've gone down a path, and it has caused it. It has a chain reaction throughout my yeah, relationship. I think
1: she's she's getting an inkling of things at the end of it.
2: Yeah. I th- she's not ignorant as to what that means. So okay, I'm, so I'm going to ask this question because I think that we, I was trying to put the weirdness of the shipping of those two characters at this point, and I and I was trying to think of an analog, and we came up with all kinds of different things, but like one of them that I think that it fits best, and I know it's a current show, and not everybody watches it, but everybody watches it. So shut the fuck up, uh, Brienne and Jamie Lannister in in Game of Thrones. That's a common ship in that show yeah I, and, and, those
3: are two characters that i'm I'm invested in but I don't give two shits if they yeah. get together so that's a ship I don't', yeah, understand I, don't and I don't
2: i don't I don't necessarily either but I think that people do so like I'm gonna put it on the table like I think that it's weird I don't think at any point yet Jamie has experienced anything. In the realm of sexual longing, to Brienne no. of Tar. No,
1: he's too. Dick's too hard for his sister. And
2: I think that. And I think that most people think that she has. Of course, she has. Uh, no, yeah. she. But I that he has. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, and I don't think so either. And I think it's because he's. A certain type of person, and (laughs)
1: she's—he's a sister fucker. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well. Yeah. But I mean, that he's also like you know he's considered one of the most beautiful men, and like that he's got a complex. And beautiful people tens usually date tens, and sevens usually date sevens, and sixes. You know, like I don't like like I don't want to be mean and crass about this, but Kira being like a a solid body, and and like you know a solid body, um. Like I think that she's just not thinking on the level of of Odo in that way,
1: right? Well, because he's a goo person.
2: Yes, he's a goo person. He's got a half-formed face. He looks weird, and he looks like he's being portrayed by a like a sixty-year-old man, and he's and in I his fifties. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, 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 not let's, to, let's not denigrate not the man. He's still you, he's still around. Yeah. She's also in her twenties, so she? No. like I think that it just doesn't occur to her in the way that it would to fuck basically anyone else on the show other than Quark,
1: right? Or but Garic. for Odo's character, he's she's really the only one that you could ship him with because he it's basically he's she's the one that he's the most comfortable with. He's been raised by Bajorans, yes. He's known her the longest. He's not going to get a hard on for Dax.
2: I don't think that in any way Kira, it has even occurred to Kira yet that Oda might be that way towards her. Well, I think she, that she views that him, him as such a different person. I agree until the end of this episode. Yeah. The, I think the end
3: of this episode, she, she's like, what? she's doing some stuff with her acting. Yeah. That would tell me otherwise. Cause she's
1: hurt and she's trying to figure out why he doesn't want to be friends, hang out with her anymore. Cause he's like, right. we can't, I'm sorry. I can't hang out with you anymore. It's like, she's a like, why? like, just, you know, things are different and you know, it's whatever. And she's like, wait, this, does, mm-hmm. she's, She's putting two and two together. She's like, "Oh my god," you know. Like, well, no. And then she's like, "Well, it's." She sees. She's like, "Well, we're." I still want to be friends, but I'm not gonna stop fucking Shakar, you know. So yeah, yeah. I I understand. I'm. I this hurts me because you're my friend. I, I think I just okay. I I accept this is the choices I've made and this how this affects our relationship. This sucks. We can't be friends. I'm gonna.
2: Anymore. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it in. The, I'm gonna put my opinion in the icebox because I. I think it will be conclusively answered in a future episode. I, know, okay. yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I would say <laughs> yeah. that that's a good. Yeah,
3: I think it's going to come up again. <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I have a hunch. This isn't I
2: don't know. The I felt point. like this
1: episode kind of wrapped it up. <laughs> oh, it gets over it and he walks out and says, yeah.
2: so good I, for I, them." It seems to me though that maybe that 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 she's probably floored by it at a later time, but maybe I don't know. Uh, I think yeah. she has an idea right now. That's probably yeah. I mean, uh, maybe. Oh, and then oh, also, and then
1: Quirk. Uh, the, the the one last kind of bookend of the episode is after, because they are, Fritz like, uh, he's doing soundproofing on his floor for yeah. Quark, except it's like, no, I'm just doing it because, you know, I was shoring up the floors so I could bang around more. And it's like, and Quark is like, well, okay, fine. I get it. Thank you anyway. Yeah. All right. Don't mention it.
2: After Kira rejected me, I'm gonna get into some weird shit, man, and I need to reinforce <laughs> yeah, yeah. the floors. Okay, yeah. Uh no, I Because I,
1: oh, did we even say the advice that Court I, I, gave him yeah, was that like, great you scene. have to either tell her how you feel or get the fuck over her and just let it go. And and he does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's the end.
2: And clearly, get the fuck over was the best. I don't know. I, mean, I agree. I'm, I'm not a big. I think that. Yeah. I think, I think the people they, I think throw I think
1: they wrap this up. That storyline's over. People throw the,
2: throw out that you got to tell her how you feel a lot of times when they don't. Bad idea, man. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's the easiest advice to give, but it's not the. Yeah, best that's, that's going to blow your shit up. That's <laughs> like, going to
1: blow up like that's yeah. Not, it, yeah, just that's the it.
3: easiest advice to give when you're the friend that doesn't want to hear this shit anymore yeah right. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> you gotta tell her how, how you feel because i am so sick of hearing about how you feel
1: but he also gives the other advice where like the shitty advice is you gotta tell her man it's like well you can tell her or no don't tell her and just get just shut it down just get mm. just put it behind you and move you forward the fuck over. and he does and-
3: should we wrap up with the with the do you wanna forego the rewatch meter this week since we went long and then go straight to the IMDB?
1: I think I think we're all pretty high on the rewatch meter. It sounds like we all like this episode a lot. And yeah. yeah I'm
2: gonna give it a nine. I'd give it a nine too. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I probably would
3: I'm I'm I probably wouldn't need to revisit this painful episode. <laughs> I would probably put it about a two. I was like don't wanna see anybody wallow in their pain for forty four minutes. Like if I need to watch some Star
2: yeah. Trek. Well, that yeah, yeah, we're we're back to dealing with Hugh's allergy <laughs> right. to human misery, yeah, which yeah. seems healthy. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I but... like the picket scams. Well, what do you? Th- I
3: just get enough of it, <laughs> but and... it's somehow not shared. All right, so <laughs> yeah. all right, uh, the good people of IMDb vote on every episode, and we here at the Rules of Acquisition like to play a little guessing game at the end of our show, where I ask Wade and James what they think the star rating is for every episode. Uh, mm-hmm. So.
2: You guys want
1: to go after exactly. some one? people might not like. I'm going to say 8.2.
2: I'm going to say it's in the sevens because it's it's it's, it's bajor politics. Yeah, people hate bajor folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bajor politics. You have to. Have, I'm going to go step. What is it? I must say 7.7. That's what I'm going to say. 7, 7. 7. 7 you, gonna say.
3: To, you guys are both underestimating how much people hate bajor yeah, politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This one has got 676 votes, which is a pretty good number for a season four. Uh, And it's a (laughs) 7.2. People don't like to see people miserable, and they don't like Bajoran politics. (laughs) I think this is a great – personally, I think this is a great episode of TV – I think it's a lousy episode (laughs) of Star Trek where if you were hoping to see some cool shit happen in space, it's not happening. It's a lot of sitting in rooms and asking your friends for advice (laughs) kind of stuff.
2: Next episode is uh, another uh, Somebody uh, Hopelessly Wants to Fuck Kira episode.
1: More Bajoran politics. Everybody loves that.
2: (laughs) And I will will tease uh, that it is the first introduction of one of my favorite characters, (gasps) Demar. I, by Casey Biggs I, who's amazing that,
3: that, yes oh my god this is going to be yeah next week's going to be great
1: time to move on to like whatever measly little voicemails we can cram into this episode uh,
3: alright let's move on to voicemails
0: <laughs>
3: Odo is something
1: wrong
0: it's just a matter of using my time more efficiently I understand <sighs> well hey No belt?
4: I'm just trying to keep to the essentials, Major.
1: See you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the voicemails and emails part of the Rules of Acquisition. Uh, We're just going to jump right into it right about
0: now,
4: right? Yep. That's right. Hey, fellas. Warren in Seattle here again. Just uh, giving you a call about uh, our man Bashir. Um, I'm going to save any further, uh, Bashir discussions until, uh, you know, the, the episode, which will not be named, or maybe we can name it without saying any spoilers, but, um, Dr. Presheer, Dr. Bashir, I presume, going to have some hot takes to, to throw around. So, um, that, the excited, uh, Lilt and Hugh's voice anytime I call, will come back then. But for now, I, uh, just wanted to, to throw a quick take out there as it concerns the holodecks and, um twiggy's voicemail here from last week as it concerns the the expenses of running the holodex and the costs incurred and all that and then how quark would conceivably not make any profit um which i thought were all really good points and i thought when you guys talked about it on on the podcast you also made some some great points but uh, in my mind it was all pretty simple i always just assumed that this was sort of a hollywood accounting uh trick that quark pulled in terms of uh you know, the old trick in Hollywood in terms of assigning net points uh, for, for films based on the quote unquote profits. I just assumed that this was Quark cooking the books to make sure that on paper none of his uh, holodeck dealings showed any profits. But just like, you know, what was the really famous example I think was for Forrest Gump, also allegedly not a profitable movie based on uh, marketing and merchandising and overhead costs, um, which is, again, a, a very old trick in, in the Hollywood system to, to keep people who were dumb enough to. Um, signed contracts with net points assigned to the terms from making any money whatsoever. So um, yeah, didn't know what you guys thought about that or if that was uh, part of sort of the stew in terms of uh, ideas of how court wasn't making any money on the holodecks. But I just always assumed it was shady Hollywood accounting practices in terms of the way he cooked his books to make sure that uh, there was never any profit showing. But um, anyway, uh, loved your guys' uh, take on the episode Really digging uh, all all of the uh, the takes that you guys are making on um, Homefront and Paradise Law. So keep up the great work. Can't wait until Doctor Brazier. I don't know why I keep saying that. Doctor Bashir, I presume, comes out because uh, yeah, I'll be back to to torture Hugh a little bit more. But until then, take it easy, guys. Thanks.
2: So so I look forward to your call for Doctor Brazier. I presume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want Doctor Brazier, I presume, is my favorite porno. Uh. <laughs> yeah. From the '80s, you know, back when they had stories and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah the good
3: <laughs> back in uh,
2: the day. Yeah,
3: he makes a good point <laughs> about that. The from practice, the vintage, the accounting practices. Yeah. Oh, I think of, it's uh, of Quark trying to show that he's not making a profit.
1: Oh, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> he's yeah, cooking the book. Bu-
3: like probably
1: the the Federation doesn't give a shit about it. Like they don't even charge him rent, but but he's got to report that shit to the FCA
4: and you bet <laughs> yeah. your
1: ass liquidator brunt or whoever's going over that shit. He's, he's sweeping as much cause they're going to suck a, as much out of it as they can get. And also,
2: you know, well, so. also you, you have to factor you in know, that these uh, holograph programs are written by some people and are probably under some sort of copyright law and do they have a limited-use agreement with the copyright <laughs> law? Sure. Or do they own it outright in a, in a Creative Commons sort of one-purchase situation?
1: Depends on mm-hmm. whether they're written by Ferengis or Federation.
2: Or does it work like radio stations and you can buy into, like, a, a conglomerate that sell that gives right. you access to a lot of these? I'm, no. I'm pretty sure Quark's <laughs> gotten all of his Holosuite programs off of Torrent. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's got some he's got some Usenet going on right. in there.
1: But you know he's charged on the books. He's paying out all those royalties to nobody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And liquidator, yeah, and the FCA is you know, yeah, he, he he knows what he's doing.
2: Yeah, he's getting he's getting all of these Holodeck programs right when they're just released in the theaters in America and they don't know how he's doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah, he's got unlock codes
1: for all of them. Uh <laughs>
2: All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, So yeah. So we're agreed. Call back when you got more to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: We'll we'll do. uh, Give us a call. We'll do it. No. I I don't want to do a Magnolia pod, but I was like, we'll do the Magnolia. (laughs) That's what I always say to him. Just uh, just it's fun. All right.
1: You're right. It is shady Hollywood accounting practice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Here and here we have a call from another friend of the podcast. A good friend of the podcast is, uh, yeah. You may uh, may yeah. Uh, you may know him from Twitter if you're a friend of Cisco, uh, from from whatever, or from listening to us, or yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, just get on with it, Wade. Okay, I'll get on with it. Okay, here we have a call from Adam P. Newton at Drive Time. Good morning, gentlemen.
4: This is Adam P. Newton at Drive Time on Twitter. This is a rules of acquisition voicemail about our man Bashir. Uh, I'm fascinated with your recent digressions, both in the episode and on recent voicemail segments about the holodeck. And namely, um, my comment would be Nog in the first few seasons was doing the cleaning. Rom, being the engineer, is fixing things. So if I'm Nog and I'm cleaning up the jizz and my uncle's hollow suites, I'm going into Starfleet 2, and then my second <laughs> comment would be, um, we just need more of Garrick and everything. I know we're going to get more of Garrick, spoiler alert, as the show goes along, but Garrick is just the best.
3: Bye. Yeah, that Thank seems you. that seems wrong to make a child clean up bodily fluid, but that's probably what's going on. So, that's exactly
4: if,
2: what happened.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, drive time delivers again. Uh, we we agree that that's gross and probably a yeah. good motivating factor in wanting to get into a different career. Yeah.
1: He's at the bottom mm. of the pecking order. He's cleaning it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he's getting the fuck out Yeah.
3: I can't believe him. Right. And, Put that on your Starfleet. Why do you want to join Starfleet application?
1: <laughs> my dad's making me clean up Jizz all the time. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. My uncle, well, his dad. On to be honest, his uncle is the one doing it. His his dad wasn't the one laying down the chores, but yeah, he's cleaning up jizz anyway. Yeah. He's going back to Earth. Merry uh, Christmas. Okay, so that's all we got tonight for the ROA and our voicemails and whatnot. Um, we got any shit to talk about
2: before we go?
3: Uh, stuff you want to plug, James? What's your Patreon oh. and website? YouTube.
2: Uh, My Patreon website. You can find me at YouTube at Forever James's. uh, Or you can watch my videos. And uh, I do have a Patreon set up if you like the videos. And you like to see a little bit more or have your name shouted out at the end of them. You can go to Patreon under Forever James's. Uh, All right. Thank you. They're really fun to do. And I like them. All (laughs) right. What do you got, Hugh? Uh, You can find my
3: comic on the web by punching in Crimes Against Hugh's Manatees in your Google machine. And follow it on your social media of choice. And that's it
1: for me. All right. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't have anything this week. Uh yeah, I will later, probably. Uh, but but except for go check out a Discovery Home Companion if you haven't already. Because you like Star Trek, I bet. And check out our Patreon, 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 whatever you want to give to, it doesn't matter. Uh or I mean it's great, whatever. You give as much as you want. Go! To, I know how to sell things, huh? Uh, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash kickers of elves. Hear more uh, random talks from us. Uh, see what we put out there. Uh, we put a lot of behind the scenes stuff and uh, banter and things. You, you can go check that out. Things
2: other than Star Wars that we argue yeah, about?
1: Other than Star Wars. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about Star Wars <laughs> yeah. at all on the thing, but I, I yeah. see what you did there. And give us a call for this show. And we also take calls for uh, discovery over there at uh, 917-408-3898. Give us an email at rules of acquisition podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Acquisition Pod. Do all the other stuff. Rate us. Yeah, you know, you know the drill.
3: All right. Well, thanks again for listening this week. We hope to see you next week. here uh, on the Rules of Acquisition, three to beam out.
0: Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you blue apron snacks and underwear made out of modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are, that is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong, so feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.